Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at DiscountTire.com. Discount Tire, let's get you taken care of. When you look into Discover Student Loans, what you see might surprise you. We can help cover your college costs, don't charge you fees, and give you cash rewards for good grades. Ready to apply? Visit discoverstudentloans.com. Limitations apply. Welcome. It's that time again. Here we go. It's Matt Connerton Unleashed, and we are live from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in glorious downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. Also on Comcast 97 if you're in Manchester. And hello to all of our online listeners from across the nation and around the globe. And, of course, you can go to my website, mattconnerton.com, for all of your live streaming options, social media links, contact info, show archives, etc., etc. Today is Tuesday, December 7, 2021. And today, if you didn't know, happens to be Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. So it is the anniversary of the Pearl Harbor attack in Honolulu by the Japanese. And um, this is not, you know, it's not one of the federal holidays where, I mean, I guess it's technically a federal holiday, but it's not one of the the ones where all the banks and post office and everything are closed. So it's uh, this one. Uh, kind of uh, tends to fall through the cracks. But uh, so in case you didn't know, now you know. Today is uh, every December 7. It is uh, Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. Um, that's the official legal title of it, or some people just call it Pearl Harbor Day. But I believe it's Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day is the full title. So uh, so welcome, everybody. Um, I do want to remind you, of course, that we are proudly sponsored by The Hopknot. Those of you watching online, you can see I've got... One of my Hopknot shirts. Uh, Don't go there today. Monday and Tuesday is their weekend, but they are open Wednesday through Sunday. They've got delicious gourmet pretzels. They have an ever-growing assortment of craft beer. Uh, They have Trivia Night every Thursday night, hosted by the great Bill Cini. Uh, Such a wonderful place, and we're so honored and proud uh, to have that association, to have them as a sponsor of the show and of WMNH. And we have our first call of the day. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? That's Jenny. Hey there. I love that Holly Brewer song. Yes, you're the one who sent that to me. So that is uh, Holly Brewer, and the track is called Single Prayer Healthcare. And it's, uh, it's very yeah. funny. It was not only funny, but it was it's actually kind of a sick irony that that actually came up on my YouTube feed. And you're aware of this, but I, I wanted to share this because I'm aggravated. It's going to affect a lot of people in America, and I'm not sure how much people realize it's going on. We, um, Medicare and, and Medicaid has cuts that are coming as of the first of the year, and these cuts are going to hit all of our doctors and our service providers and they're they're like slashing the reimbursement by like another 10% or some ridiculous number like that 
on top of what they've already done. So they don't even get paid enough now. I mean, I see some of the reimbursements on my treatments and it's embarrassing. It's really freaking embarrassing. Well, Senator Hassan's aware that these cuts are coming up in January 1st. She's not doing nothing about it. It, it, And on top of this, the last time there were cuts and stuff with Medicare, they, we lost doctors. There were, there were providers that just said, I can't afford to treat these patients anymore. And they stopped taking Medicare altogether. That could happen. So there's that happening. And I know that like Senator Hassan and probably Senator Shaheen and our Congress critters are all going to come back and say, oh, but we got a caller coming. You know, everybody who's on, on disability or on social security is getting a cost of living increase. It's the biggest one in forever. It's like a whole 5%. And they're making this big deal out of it. Whoopee. It's a friggin' bait and switch. So, okay, you get maybe an extra 70 or or $100 in your check from this miraculous cola. In the meantime, Medicare Part B is going up by $20 a month on everybody's policies. Medicare Part B is deductible. That's going up by another $40. And add that to the fact that they're slicing and dicing how much they're going to pay for the services and treatments we need. That's a marriage made in hell for all of us. I mean, big farmers going to make plenty of money and insurance companies are going to make plenty of money, but we're not. And then on top of this, and you're aware of this, Maddie, is um, there are medications that I'm on that right now I pay for 100% out of pocket because my insurance finds a loophole to go, we don't have to, we don't want to pay that. You know, back when we were younger, you remember with the generic meds, you there was a whole big push for people to have access to generic meds. Cost efficient, right? There was the $5 list at Walmart. You remember that? Oh, yeah. I do. All of that stuff. I do remember that. Yep. So, no, that's not how life is now. My medications are the generics, and I'm being forced off of some, or I have to pay for it myself. I got a letter in the mail just a couple of days ago letting me know that a medication that I'm extraordinarily stable on and have been for a number of years now, and it's not any kind of a controlled drug or anything like that. It has to do with my neuro- neuropathies. Um, is is not good. They'll they'll allow me to have it, but I'm limited to 540 pills per year. That's how many I get per script fill, and I have my scripts filled every 90 days to be cost effective, right? So I have what three meds or so that I'm already paying 100% out of my own pocket. My insurance isn't paying for a dime. Government gives it a red, a, you know, a door out. Now this this is happening. I mean, I wonder who got what deal for the insurance companies to get this lovely little thing that they get to increase how much we're paying out of pocket and on our monthly premiums. And they're cutting how much money they're paying our doctors to do services for us because, you know, what does that matter? We're all either old and infirm, so who cares? Seriously, Maddie, this is so wrong. And this is all going into effect January 1st. Now will some it's of this all going into effect? Now will some of this be mitigated by the uh, Build Back Better bill? Because it's uh, one of the things that's in that. If you know, if it passes, assuming it does, um, and I don't know that it will, is um, it's supposed to allow Medicare to negotiate uh, drug prices directly with manufacturers, which is currently prohibited. Um, and according to this, it would cap out-of-pocket costs for some prescription drugs 
for Medicare recipients at $2,000 per year. That would be the cap. I think it sounds nice on paper, but it's actually not going to do me any favors or others like me. I'm already on the generics. I'm only already on what supposedly is the lowest price of it. And all of these systems they keep setting up in some guise of making our prescriptions better only makes it worse. I went from one pharmacy to three pharmacies. I'm using my insurance in one pharmacy. I'm using GoodRx in another pharmacy. I'm using the mail order from my insurance for other pharmacies. And one of my, you know, a couple of my medications are 100% cash out of my pocket. I bring the money to my provider. My provider takes care of me. No money, no medication. So, no, that's not going to do me any favors. And this is directly affecting Medicare insurance side, how much they're reimbursing, how much they're charging us to have a policy, how much we're required to pay in deductibles and the like. That's not, Build Back Better is not going to do anything to make this situation stop. The only thing that can have, like, happen to do something in the Senate to emergently stop at least the, the 10% cutting of our doctors, you know, maybe get a relook on this. I think that I'm really just, I'm kind of disgusted with myself because I, I kind of fell for it. Oh, they're doing a cost of living increase. Oh, this is going to be better. Oh, is, maybe this will be a few few extra dollars. I'm not getting any of it. I think I'm actually ending up with less money by the time this all rolls out. When it comes to medicine, I'm paying over $1,000 a month just in medications. Never mind eating or rent or utilities or any of that kind of thing. You know, the stuff that you actually have to cost money that you pay to live, that whole cost of living thing. Not one dime of it is going to go to my cost of living. You know, the insurance company's taking all the money they want out of it. You know, and the providers are going to get ripped off more. And what happens when we take the providers we have now and we lose their access because they're not going to want to take care of Medicare patients anymore because it's not cost-effective? You have a procedure that the doctor's in there, you get a couple of technicians in there and a nurse, and they do this whole procedure on you and it's involving IVs and monitors and all this stuff. And you look at your reimbursement and you see that the doctor's only getting paid 175 bucks for that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's insanity. Right. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We, we need to speak up. We need, we need vote. We as voters, we need to email. We need to post about it. We need to write letters. We need to call. We need to, say stop this you know unless their job is i don't know euthanasia at this point maybe that's it they just squeeze us all out and then they won't then they won't hear us anymore we'll all just die off because we can't afford to be taken care of <laughs> well that's what they i'm sorry i'm pretty cynical about this right now that's all right <laughs> well i mean if you ask a politician i'm sure they'll just point to the build back better bill and say that what what's in there will help i mean i'm sure it will help some people but i also don't have a lot of faith that it's going to pass you know, if it's uh, if in uh, some of the medications, they're how do I know they're even going to bother to negotiate for it when they right now they get a, a they get to a pass right now they get to tell me we don't have to pay that. Oh, you need an infusion? How much is it? No, we don't have to pay that. That that's what happens now. They're not going to negotiate for something they already got. They're getting to take a walk on to begin with. So that's not going to do me any good. Right. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. Yeah, this this is heavy, and this is something we need to do. And while I'm on here, I'll just say shout out to Christian. Feel better. We're all wanting you to feel better. Yep, he is uh, currently in the hospital at CMC, but uh, that's it's the flu. He'll uh, he'll he'll get through it. He's got to break his fever. Yeah, it's a pretty nasty one. There is some nasty flus going around this year. His fever's been phenomenally high, like 105, 107 high. Yeah. Get your flu shot, please. Just don't even take the chance. Just get a flu shot. Yep, absolutely. All right, Jenny. Good chew. I am watching. All right, thank you. All right, I'll see you later. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. All right, Uh, that opens up a line for you, 603-250-6007, 6030607. You can also, of course, uh, text me at 617-917-4476. Tweet me at Matt Connerton or send an email to Matt at MattConnerton.com. And of course, you can interact and opine in the Facebook live chat. There must be something good going on in there because Dirk just says, Dirk Don says, wait until Matt tries reading comments on the show. <laughs> but uh, the best thing to do, of course, so that we can hear and enjoy your dulcet tones is to give us a call. At 603-250-6007. Couple programming notes. Uh, so coming up today on the show, at the top of the hour, we have a brand a brand new segment. Um, save the, uh, I want to make sure I get this right. It's Save the Boar, but Boar is B-O-E-R. Um, this is a new uh, segment that uh, Billy Painter approached me with. Uh, Billy Painter, also known as Bad Billy, of course, from Outlaw Radio and the AOW Radio Network. And we had Billy, you know, he calls into the show occasionally, but we also had him on the show a couple of weeks ago for an extended conversation. I think we talked for about 45 minutes about the South African farm murders or farm attacks um, where these um, these farmers and, and their families and their employees are, uh, are slaughtered uh, and robbed. Uh, in South Africa, and it's quite a pervasive problem. Um, I was stunned by the numbers of how common this is. It's these uh, these farmers being killed, and um, that's really terrible. Um, and it is on uh, YouTube, by the way, if you want to go back and just listen to that segment and not the entire show that we did that in. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's up on the uh, IPM Nation YouTube channel. But um, so it was a really interesting conversation, very eye-opening. I was kind of faintly aware of what was going on there with that. Just, you know, I'd seen news pieces here and there over the years, but I learned a lot from Billy. Uh, so at the top of the show today, uh, Billy, um, Billy's new weekly segment, he's going to memorialize uh, one of the farmers who was killed in South Africa. Just a short, you know, couple minutes, but, um, you know, he sent me the, sent me the file. Uh, so we're going to do that at the top of the hour. So that's going to be every Tuesday. Uh, it's called Save the Boar. And um, and then, of course, in the second hour today, we will be joined in studio by Mr. Mike Sutterth for his weekly Tweakonomics segment. Tomorrow, we've got a very, very interesting show planned for you. I'll tell you about that in a moment, but we'll take this call. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Jackson Jackson. Hey, Jackson Harris. How are you? Good. What's on your mind? Well, I'm on my mind right now. Is um, well, my mother, she's been over, she's been overworked uh, to, a, to, a lot right now because some of her employees they quit because of the whole federal needle thing. Oh, uh, and she um, what, 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 what? 
yeah, what does she what does she do? What does your mom do? My mother, she does uh she does the uh, Head Start. So they're federal and state. Oh, okay. She works for Head Start. Yeah, Head Start and stuff. Okay. And um her uh, her employees are quitting because they don't want to take the vaccine. Yeah. So- and um and due to the shot, they don't want they don't want to you know, get you know, they don't want the vaccine. I don't want to die. They're scared of some vaccine, which kills. Which right now it's a hundred percent safe. You can. You can get the shot if you want to, but if you want to suffer and get COVID, <laughs> you can just go ahead and suffer and get COVID. Don't get the shot. You'll probably die in probably a year, and it won't help. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, definitely better to get the shot. I, I agree. Um, so she had three employees quit. Now, how, how many other employees does she have? She only has – she only probably has about, about five or six left. Oh, so basically half her workforce, half the people who work under half her. Half her workforce. Wow. And she's like being overworked. Yeah. From all these people quitting. Yeah. And, you know, due, due to the um, due to the state government in Georgia, like he's not like enforcing the vaccines in like school children. Between you know we, the vaccine was just you know you know, at five to 11 years old. Yeah. And like, they should have been like, it's like, she said, like you have to get your child vaccinated or she will die. Plain simple. The government, once you get vaccinated, and then also, I'm going to skip over from the vaccine thing, mm-hmm. Biden, Sleepy Joe, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to laugh about that. <laughs> um, he wants to take away our guns. <laughs> so he wants us to pay unbelievable taxes on our guns we already own. Yes. He wants to take away our guns. Yes. So did yes. Uh, so did uh, Barack Obama. He was just dying to take away all your guns. And Bill Clinton. He he really tried to take away your guns. And so did uh, uh, so did Jimmy Carter. He tried to take your guns. I'm being a little bit sarcastic here, Jackson. Uh, Joe Biden is not going to take your guns, buddy. It's okay. Oh, sure, because it's all over the news. <laughs> right. The whole yes. every time, instructional bill. Every, every time there is a shooting like the one we just had in Michigan, we go through the whole, the whole dance, the whole political dance um, where, you know, Republicans act kind of insensitive and indifferent about it, and Democrats talk about, hey, we have the solution. We're going to take all your guns, and both sides raise a lot of money off of the issue, nothing changes, and nobody loses their guns. Um, Jackson, the next time there is a shooting, which could be next week, it could be tomorrow, uh, this will all happen again. You'll have uh, Republicans acting indifferent, and you'll have Democrats uh, acting hysterical. And everyone will raise even more money, and the cycle will continue. But no one is going to take your guns. I promise you, no one is going to take your guns. Here's the other thing: the school shooting we had last week. If you if you want do you ever watch football? No, I I do not. Okay, so on on Michigan's uniform, they had the little square, and they were supporting the school shooting victim, the football team, the football player 
at that high school. They were supporting that. They had a little thing on the screen that said supporting the, uh, Mich- the Oxford High School. Oh, the, the victims. The victims. The, the yeah. football players. Yeah. They had it on their jerseys. Okay. At, for Michigan. And then also, we just heard, because we just, we just saw Alabama beat the crap out of Georgia. Oh, no. They beat the crap out of us. Well, that's not good. It was like it was like forty six to twenty four. Well, I don't know. And if... now, yeah. Georgia's in the playoffs with Michigan. Alabama's in the playoffs with Cincinnati. Uh huh. So it's a four wing best. They're, Georgia and Mississippi are supposed to battle between the thirty first of this year, this December on the thirty first on seven thirty p.m. to play the play for the. Orange Bowl. Uh-huh. If Georgia wins that game, and we got to see about Alabama and Cincinnati, I'm I'm hoping, just hoping, Cincinnati wins that game, mm-hmm. beats Alabama because they got a better score than Alabama does, better record than Alabama. We play Cincinnati again. We beat them. We win win national championship. Now, who do you think has more guns, Georgia or Alabama or Cincinnati? Alabama has more guns than Georgia or Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. By the way, I do have terrible news, Jackson. Please uh, try not to be alarmed. But Mel McMell in the Facebook live chat says she is, in fact, coming for your guns and your car tires. So you better start hiding. <laughs> now, now, I would say, on in your defense, Jackson, I am both pro-gun and pro-car tire. I believe that we should have access to both. Uh, within uh, the limits of some regulation, of course. With some regulation, we just have, have guns, but... Yes, and you, car you, tires. You, just, you can just tell that lady to screw off about all that crap. Well, she's very nice. She's from Vermont, you know. Now, um, yeah. now car tires, of course, I believe you should uh, be required to have the proper tread. So I hope you do. Uh, otherwise, she's yeah. going to come and take your tires. Yeah, Biden's not going to take our tires. Thank God for that. Trump never took our tires. Biden does. Sleepy Joe wants to ruin our country. He wants to be a dictator <laughs> instead of a, a, like a healthy president. He huh? wants to be a dictator instead of a healthy president like Trump was. Don't huh? worry. Trump's going to run 2024. He's going to beat Biden, and we're going to have Trump back again. Oh, good Lord. Do you know uh, Trump did more to limit guns than Barack Obama even uh, dreamt of? Uh, Trump uh, didn't uh, Trump outlaw uh, bump stocks through executive order? Trump did what? Bump stocks is that what they call them? I don't know what they call. I'm I'm very ignorant about guns. The 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 way you uh, you can uh, make your gun silent or something didn't Trump outlaw that? He did something. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Do you know what Barack Obama did? By the way, Jackson. Barack Obama did two things that were actually, not only did Barack Obama not do anything to limit your guns, he actually made it so you can carry a gun into a national park because that had previously been illegal. So, you know, in case you get attacked by a bear or a mountain lion or something, you can shoot it. He, uh, he made it so you could legally bring a gun into a national park and he made it so you could bring a gun onto an Amtrak train. It has to be in your stowed luggage. You know, you can't be whipping it out on the train. But you can bring a gun onto an Amtrak, whereas previously you could not. And those are two things that uh, President Barack Obama did. 
You know, here's the other thing. Here's the, the guns at school should be implemented. There should be no Tetris at schools at this time because after the school shooting of last week, after the parents, those dirty, um, dirty implement parents of Crumley, they would be ashamed of themselves for men from the FBI with all the killing from the, the kids. They text him, please don't do it, Ethan. And then my gun is missing. Mm-hmm. Whatever you think. Yeah. And then that's when the shootings start right after that. Please seek counseling for this child. They didn't do that at all. Mm-hmm. They let a child. A lot of negligence. Four, 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 kill four kids and injure a bunch of kids, other kids, including a teacher. Yep. No, there's a lot of a uh, lot of negligence in that case. And, uh, you know, the parents have been arrested and the school is probably going to be held accountable. A lot of negligence there. There's a lot. Yeah. I was reading on the news. Those that kid, that kid, he just got life in prison for doing that. Yeah. He just got life in prison. He, I was. I watched already, the court cases on court TV. He's already been sentenced. The Crumbly parents. Huh. He was. Their parents was just charged with aggravated manslaughter, and then they were also sentenced to thirty years in prison. Is chuckling at the chat room. It's quite the, uh, um, yes, yes. Well, now, but uh, so I, I just want to make sure I understand one thing though, Jackson. So you are, you are pro vaccine, correct? Correct. Okay. But you, but you think Biden wants to take your guns? Correct. Okay. No, I'm just checking because some, some of your ideology, um, is not, uh, predictable, which is a good thing, actually. I'm glad. I like that. I try to be unpredictable with mine as well. Um, all right. Well, listen, Jackson, we've been talking for a while, but no one's going to take your guns. Don't worry. But I do believe you should keep an eye on your car tires. Oh, yeah. I don't drive yet. Well, I don't drive yet. Well, when you do, you're going to want to keep an eye on those tires because, uh, I think someone from Vermont's going to be looking for you. Oh, yeah. Sure. Sure. (laughs) All right, Jackson. Thank you. All right, Jackson. Thank you for the call. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, that was our friend uh, Jackson from the great state of Georgia. Uh, Governor Brian Kemp in Georgia is, uh, by the way, getting primaried by a uh, someone who uh, Trump supports. Uh, what's the other guy's name? His name escapes me now. But uh, very interesting, you know, because Brian Kemp failed to overturn Georgia's election and uh, award those electoral votes to Trump. So now... Uh, Brian Kemp, who tries to make up for it by restricting voting rights in Georgia, you know, tries to make good with the base, but Trump isn't having it. So uh, Brian Kemp is about to get primaried and will probably be unseated because I assume that the Republicans uh, in the uh, great state of Georgia will do whatever daddy says and and vote against uh, Brian Kemp. Daddy, of course, being Trump in this case. Um, So, uh, yes, uh, well, that opens up a line for you. Always an interesting conversation with uh, Jackson. Uh, 603-250-6007 is the number, 603-250-6007. Um, 
Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. The Just Because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. Yeah, so coming up today at the top of the hour, we'll have uh, Save the Boar, Billy Painter's wonderful new segment here that we're going to do every Tuesday. And then in the second hour, Mike Sutterth will be here for Tweakonomics. Tomorrow on the show, I will be joined in studio by Gracie Gatto. Uh, Gracie has been on the show a number of times, but it's been a while since she's been on. Uh, But she's coming in tomorrow, and I think uh, one or two of her... um, participants or co-participants in the new documentary series, or I should just say docu-series, that's the uh, the term, the industry term, uh, which I can't actually say the name of the series on FM radio. Uh, so let's just say it's, it's called Corrupt as Blank, and you can fill in the blank. It's a word that starts with F. Or I guess you could call it Corrupt AF. That's what the young people say now, I think. They say AF. And, you know, we all know what that means. But um, you can learn more about the film if you go online to the website CorruptAsBlankMovie.com. CorruptAsBlankMovie.com, except don't type blank, type the F word. Um, and you can uh, and you can look it up. But um, I'm really looking forward to talking with Gracie about this. Uh, I know that this is something that she's talked about before on previous appearances on the show. Um, something that she's been very heavily involved in and working on, and um, this is going to be really cool. So looking forward to tomorrow. Uh, Perhaps John Hopwood will join us as well because I know that uh, uh, Gracie is going to be on his show, his television show, Ward 13, from uh, from, uh, 3 to 4 p.m., of course, and and then we'll come downstairs because that's right in the same building. Uh, We'll come down here to WMNH. So this is going to be great. So really looking forward to that. Uh, One other quick programming note, too. This coming Thursday night, I will be making my monthly appearance on The Dr. Kevin Show, which streams online on the OM Times Radio Network. That's OM, O-M as in OM. Uh, Usually we do that the first Thursday of the month, but uh, this first Thursday of this month, we had the Miracle on Elm Street. So I told Dr. Kevin, I said, logistically, I don't think I'll be able to call into your show right after. Uh, So we're going to do that this Thursday instead. So immediately following this program, I will be making my monthly call into the Dr. Kevin show uh, from 6 to 7 p.m. online. And we talk about politics and uh, always enjoy talking with Dr. Kevin. We have a call. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Hey, man, how you doing? This is Matty Cushane with the whole program. Hey, Matty Cushane. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. And how are you? How are you? Outstanding. Outstanding. This is the first time you've ever called my show. First time calling the show. Yes. yes. And it won't be the last, but I just wanted to call and say thank you very much to you and your listeners for helping us out last Thursday. Unbelievable event. Um, 
$4,300 we collected in money and probably $1,000 worth of toys. So we hit over $5,000 worth of toys for the kids. And we just wanted to call and say thank you so much for your help and being willing to do your show there. Oh, absolutely, Matt. Hey, you know, uh, you're welcome. And thank you for for including this program and and my audience and my friends. And, you know, it was um, it was really wonderful to be very sort of life affirming, you know, to to be a part of something so positive and so amazing. And, um, you know, and and we got to see a lot of great people. I finally got to meet you. I, you know, all this time, I've been years now. I've been hearing you on the morning show. It was my first time actually meeting you in person. So that was nice. Um, and, uh, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The whole day was just, just phenomenal. So, uh, so thank you for including us. It was wonderful to be involved and, uh, Hey, can't wait till next year. Yeah, we're we're heading to Target uh, right now to do a big uh, shopping spree. So, oh, cool! Once again, thank you very much, and uh, I am pro helping kids is what I'm pro. Absolutely, so, thank you. All right, Matt, thank you so much for the call, my friend. Yeah, you have a good night. Merry Christmas. All right, Merry Christmas to you. Bye bye. Thank. You. All right, the great Matt Cushane. Yes, morning show Jesus, as he's also known. And uh, I got to finally meet him last Thursday at the Miracle on Elm Street event that we did up the street at the bonfire. It was a great day. Uh, got to meet uh, quite a few people and, um, and of course, hang out with some people I'd met previously. And um, great turnout. And But the most important thing is, you know, people really were very generous this year, uh, as evidenced by the uh, information that, uh, that Matt just shared with us. So... And, um, no, it really made me feel good. And to be a part of something, like I said, something so positive and, and really good for the community, just a, just a wonderful feeling. So the miracle on Elm street. Yes. Yes. And, uh, and it was my first time at the bonfire too. What a cool place that is. That was a lot of fun. Uh, 603-250-6007 is the number 603-250-6007. If you would like to call in, uh, let's say hello to everybody in the Facebook live chat. I'm very uh, curious to look at more of these uh, comments before we uh, before we move on. I do want to talk about a little bit about um, uh, Biden and Putin's little uh, virtual summit today. That's why I opened with that Beatles song back in the USSR. Uh, let's see. But we'll say hello to everybody in here. Like I said, Mel McMell is in the uh, chat as well as Dirk Don, of course, from uh, the great state of Iowa and if you go on the YouTube, you can subscribe to Dirk's wonderful YouTube channel, Arrogant Media. Lots of great content there. Uh, Christian Lacoste, also known as DJ Reckless, is in the chat and says, Hey, guys, hope everyone is having a good day. Uh, hope you're feeling better, Christian. Uh, Christian right now uh, is uh, unfortunately uh, in the hospital at CMC, but I'm, I'm sure he'll be, uh, you know, if they keep him tonight, I'm sure he'll be out by tomorrow probably. Uh, he does not have COVID, uh, just to be clear. He's got the flu uh, I think they tested him. I mean, obviously, they tested him for COVID. It was negative, but they also tested him for the flu. That came back positive. Uh, Jenny said influenza A apparently is going around um, pretty severely right now in this area, you know, on top of everything else. Geez, we've got the worst. Right now, we've actually got the worst COVID numbers in the country uh, here in New Hampshire, and we've got influenza A. So, uh, fortunately, Jenny and I are, are vaccinated for uh both of the above, we, in addition to uh, getting our boosters, we also got our uh, our flu shots. Um, Pauly C is in the Facebook live chat and says, hi, big fan. Uh, let's see. Um, it looks like uh, Dirk and Melanie are discussing cats. <laughs> I love cats. Jenny and I have two cats. 
Uh, Rocky Huber is in the chat. Hello, Rocky. Um, <laughs> Rocky says, I'd rather hear stories about Bigfoot sightings than the farmer stories. Um, Steve Pascucci joins us in the chat and says, I give the planet 10 years. No, you're too pessimistic, uh, Steve. Uh, I give it uh, about 11 and a half. I think we got another 11 and a half good years on planet Earth. Um, Paulie C said, somebody please take this guy's guns. Well, it's not going to be Joe Biden, Paulie C. Joe Biden is not going to take your guns. Um, Dirk Don says, they don't have to go after our guns, just the ammunition, which is getting harder and more expensive to buy. That's a good point. Um, (laughs) Rocky Uber says, thank God for 3D printers, LOL. Yes. Um... Oh, Holly Brewer is in the chat room. Uh, we opened with uh, Holly's wonderful new song at the top of the show. And Holly's been on the show, too. Very interesting guest. Very interesting conversation. And uh, Holly says, this conversation is like chasing a firefly through the meadow at night. Whatever happened to fireflies, or also known as lightning bugs, are there any parts of the country where they still have them? When I was a kid, I would spend the summers in the Midwest with my mom. And um, we would actually catch fireflies in a jar. You know, you take a jar and you, you, you trap the fireflies in the jar. So then it's like you're walking around with this light-up jar, this jar of fireflies. And I look back on that now and I think, wow, what a bizarre thing to do. We were really weird kids. Like, what was the point of that? Um, do you ever just look back on things you did when you were a kid or... You ever just look on back, look back on something you did yesterday and go, wow, that was really weird. Uh, Dirk says, I'm as pro-gun as it gets, but this guy is awful to listen to. No, we like Jackson. I like Jackson. He's got a, a YouTube channel too, but it's got a like a long name or something. It's very confusing. Um, Mel is uh, looking for Jackson's tires and guns. <laughs> Holly Brewer says, rocket launchers and Bearcats for everyone. Vermont here, too. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, The problem with a Bearcat is where do you put it? Especially, that would be a problem here in the city of Manchester if you have a Bearcat and you got to park it on the street because not only does it take up a lot of room, but, you know, when they do the, uh, when there's a snow emergency and they try to tow you, you know, how are they going to, well, I guess that would be an advantage. How are they going to tow away a Bearcat? But then again, uh, they'd probably ticket. You'd probably get a ticket every time it snowed. Abigail Jem says, who is this fool? Worst football talk I've ever heard. No, we like Jackson. I like Jackson. He's a very nice man. He's a little confused. A little confused about, you know, he thinks people are going to take his guns. Uh, <laughs> Rocky Huber says, is this guy related to Eric Pilcher? They sound like brothers. I disagree with that. Absolutely. Eric is wonderful. Eric does our weekly classic film review. Mel says, coming for the tires makes just as much sense as the guns, so why not? <laughs> Dirk Don says, I feel like I'm supposed to put away my Gadsden flag because of people like this idiot. Oh, no. Jeez. No, we like Jackson. I like Jackson. Dirk says, I love the flag and what it represents. It should be protected from people as dumb as him. Wow. Yikes. You're, you know, Dirk, you're starting to sound like you're in on this uh, 
Alabama versus Georgia uh, rivalry, and you're siding with Alabama there. Wow. Dirk says, my thought process feels manslaughtered. <laughs> Abigail Jem says, where'd Jackson go to law school? I don't know that he did, necessarily. Oh, Jackson says Harvard. Holly Brewer says Purdue. Rocky Uber says Yale. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. A lot of people guessing things and wondering about things. Um, Holly Brewer says, I noticed a sharp decline uh, on fireflies in the Northeast between now and 10 years ago. I'll just see a few every summer now. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I saw a firefly. John Monroe says, I've seen fireflies here in Connecticut this summer. Ah, they're still in Connecticut. Well, that's good. Um, you know what I might do uh, this summer, John? Uh, if you'll let me know exactly where in Connecticut, I'll come down there with a jar and I'll, track, I'll uh, trap some fireflies. Dirk Don says, I whacked someone in the junk yesterday. What a weird thing to do. I have to tell you, Dirk, that is a weird thing to do. Unless they deserved it, of course. But uh, very painful. Uh, Miriam Banish uh, says, good afternoon. Hello, Miriam. Uh, Scott Perry of the Courtesy Call podcast, a wonderful political podcast. A new episode goes up every Sunday. And uh, he joins us in the chat. He says, episode 42 comes to you this Sunday at 10 a.m. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Jenny says, there's none left. The fireflies, there's none left. Everyone put them in jars and killed them off. That's probably what happened. I'm probably... Partially responsible for that. And Tom Blanchard uh, joins us in the Facebook live chat and says, didn't he say he's not old enough to drive? I think referring to uh, Jackson. Well, yes, but uh, even if he's not yet old enough to drive, uh, we could still steal maybe his mom's tires uh, because he did mention his mother has to work more hours now because half of her employees quit. So if we find out where Jackson's mom works... Uh, her car is probably there quite a bit because she's probably there quite a bit. So we could go there and we could uh, steal her tires. Uh, now, I'm not for confiscating guns or tires, but uh, if y'all want to, um, you know, we could all do this together maybe around April 1st. It would be a wonderful practical joke. John says, I'll capture some for you, Matt. Thank you, John. You know what you could do if you could capture some for me and then maybe ship them to me? That'd be great. Um, <laughs> all right, let's see. Uh, 603-250-6007 is the number. 603-250-6007. Um, Dirk says, or I can just steal Jackson's mom seductively. Oh my goodness. Well, look at you. You want to get all sexy with, uh, Jackson's mom. <laughs> uh, let's see. I did want to talk a little bit about, um, this today, this happened. Uh, Biden warns Putin of sanctions, um, military support for Ukraine if Russia invades. Uh, so some bullet points. This is from Reuters. Biden and Putin hold two hour, a two hour uh, video call over uh, the crisis in uh, the relationship. The relationship between the United States and Russia is not great. Uh, if you all haven't noticed, uh, U.S. allies would bolster Ukraine if Russia attacks Putin seeks uh, guarantees of no NATO expansion um, eastward. Uh, both sides agree to continue contacts, uh, have teams consult, and the EU uh, is prepared to increase sanctions against Russia. So those are some of the bullet points of what was discussed. And 
I think that um, I, I strongly suspect, you know, Jenny and I were discussing this earlier, that what Putin is up to, because nobody knows for sure what Putin is up to and what his true intentions are, and does he actually plan uh, to invade Ukraine? But I, my theory is, and maybe I'm just being an optimist, but my theory is that this is a, a lot of posturing uh, because he is trying to get something. He doesn't want Ukraine to be included in NATO. But I don't, I'm not aware uh, of any plans. Uh, I haven't heard anyone say that Ukraine is about to be invited into NATO, and I'm not even sure how that would work when the Russians already occupy the capital of Ukraine, Crimea. So I, I don't know, but I, I find it difficult to imagine that Putin is actually going to attempt to invade Ukraine. I think this is uh, a lot of posturing. Uh, Mike Sutterth is here. Hello, sir. Hola. How are you? Uh, good, good. Uh, hola. That's about as much Spanish as I remember. I took three years of it. Oh, you, I, I took no Spanish, <laughs> but I knew how to order beer, go to the bathroom, and say, pardon. There you go. How do you order beer in Spanish? Uh, mas cerveza, por favor. Oh, okay. Cerveza. Yeah, I do know that word. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you think? Have you been paying attention to this? Do you think Putin's going to actually invade uh, uh, Ukraine? I, I certainly have been paying attention to this, and you know, I try to stay away from the political stuff, but... Um, uh, it's uh, you know, say posturing, saber rattling, as my daddy used to say, mm -hmm. uh, is what it is. And you know, he's taking advantage of the situation. And you know, I'm not going to say it's because of a, a weak uh, administration on our, our our part or whatever. But my gosh, you know, they're they're amassing troops. And you know, if if he does it to 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 again posture or you know saber rattling, um, which you know, I, I hope it doesn't come to you know an invasion or all this. I, I think mm -hmm. he's doing it because he can. You know, the, the Russian administration, in, in my estimation, is, is actually kind of sound right now. I mean, other than this BS on the, the Ukrainian border, you know, they kind of have their, historically, at least in my lifetime, have their act together. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're uh, energy efficient on, the, on their own. Mm -hmm. And, I, I, you know, I don't see any aggression. Obviously, this is an aggression thing on the border. But, um, you know, I, I don't feel it a threat like, you know, I grew up in the 80s, Matt, you mm -hmm. know, when... Yeah. You know, I went to bed at night as a young kid saying, well, the, you know, we saw the Red Dawn. You remember the movie Red Dawn? Like, yes. You know, that that made me creeped out as a, as a teenager, you know, going to bed at night like, well, this is imminent destruction. And, you know, oh. I, I, I think things have settled down. You know, we went through Perestroika. Or the, well, that was Poland, but we went through... Um, Détente and... Uh, yeah, the, the reformation of, of, of uh, Russia. Yeah. And, and I don't, you know, I don't see them as a a threat to the United States. You know, I'm a, I'm a, uh, isolationist, I guess is what George Washington used to call it. But, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't see them as, you know, an imminent threat. You know, if they want to do something to another country, I think as Americans, we should probably keep our noses out of it unless there's, you know, oil or energy interests that, you know, Bush taught me about. Um, I, I, you know, I, if, if that's what they're going to do, I don't know that it's America's job to be the police state in that. Right. Thing. Well, I don't want, um, uh, I mean, as long as, it, well, for one thing, obviously, as long as they're not attacking a, a NATO, uh, a member of NATO, because if they attack anybody who's a member of NATO, then we're all at war. Um, but uh, but with Ukraine, it's it's like, um, uh, you know, I don't want, I don't want Putin expanding because then he, you know, he continues to, because he can be pretty menacing at times. And the thing is, as far as him not being a threat, well, 
I mean, they do have the the one thing back when uh, W the W administration was mm-hmm. um, about to come into power. You know, I don't give Dick Cheney credit for much, but one thing he said, I remember he said this on uh, it was on Nightline. I don't remember if Ted Koppel was still hosting at that point, but he was being interviewed on Nightline, and it was before the administration had took taken office. They had just won the election. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's hard to it's hard to remember exactly when just one was because that dragged on for a while as as you remember. But um, but he said something very interesting. He said one thing we must never forget is that regardless of how good or or stable our relationship with the former Soviet Union may seem, they still have because of their they have the second largest stockpile of nuclear weapons in the world, second only only to ours. They still have the capability to incinerate the United States in less time than it takes to have a pizza delivered. Mm-hmm. Um, and now with hypersonic weapons, I know, I know China says they have one. Putin at one point said he had one and and people were kind of doubting him. I remember John Hopwood on the show said he didn't believe it. But um, so I, I think there's still very much a threat. I, I still, but I mean, I don't worry about it the same way I did when I was a kid, you know, cause I grew up in the eighties and, um, I, I had a very obsession is too strong a word, but I had a very unhealthy preoccupation, shall we say, with the threat of nuclear war. Yeah, I, I did as well. And did that's, you? Why, yeah. that's why I said, you know, I would go to bed at night and that's what I thought about, you know, yeah, you yeah. think about football, you think about girls and, you know, in my case, the Grateful Dead or whatever. But I thought like, wow, this is what they're jamming around on, on the news at the yep. time, which, you know, I accepted to be pretty credible um, and my dad worked in the in the military. You know, he was in the military and then worked in the in the military industrial complex. Ah, but um, so it was kind of always kind of buzzing in the back of my head. Yeah. But I have to believe, Matt, li- living through that. <clears throat> excuse me, living through that that it kind of tempered me that I I'd like to think this isn't going to happen going forward. Yeah. I'm I'm more personally spooked by the china thing that is now because i didn't live through a china threat i am too um that, that's uh, yeah. really what that's you know it's the unknown question that yeah. they certainly have more boots on the ground if it comes to that but mm-hmm. you know i don't know that they fight wars like that anymore you know i think it's more um there are other branches other than artillery and stuff that my father made a living out you know yeah yeah well you know hacking and and cyber warfare is it's funny. I, I I always think of this. I about twenty years ago, I had a conversation. I'd I'd been reading uh, been I'd been reading a lot at the time about how, you know, uh, about what was coming as far as cyber warfare and how uh-huh. that was going to be the future of warfare. And I remember saying to uh, saying to a friend of mine, you know, uh, in the future, war will be fought on the internet. And she kind of laughed at me like that's ridiculous. And it's like, well, now we're seeing that, you know, it, it, obviously there's still a lot of conventional war. But uh, but there's also a lot of cyber hacking, and you're right, and that may be the greatest threat from China. But um, but they're expanding their nuclear arsenal. I do worry about them more than Russia. Yes, but, but I but, but, but I, I will tell you. Excuse me. I, yeah. I will tell you that I I don't think that any kind of able-bodied leader, and and I believe Vladimir Putin's not like a, a you know he's not a failed leader. You know he's a leader of yeah. his people. I don't think it's in his best interest, his neighbor's best interest anybody's best interest to incinerate anybody right to right. press the red button and when i was a young man you know that was kind of again what i went to sleep at night thinking that like somebody's going to press a button mm-hmm. and we're all going to we're going to fry like in pompeii you know oh yeah and i i really like to believe that in this day and age that 
you know, it, whether it be Trump, Biden, or even Bush, that they're going to say, hey, look, you know, this is the end of the line. We're going to press the red button, and, and here we go. I don't know. It, that doesn't help. And I'm no humanitarian, dude. I'm no tree hugger. I'm not. <laughs> but I, I've got to believe that these people aren't going to say, okay, we're going to incinerate D.C., New York, and Boston at, right. at one throw. Right. I, I, you know, if that's blind faith, it's blind faith. But I, I've got to believe that any more than we would say, okay, you know, you know, Moscow's gone. We're gonna send. We're gonna send this to Moscow, and then they're gonna do it to us. Right. And we're gonna decimate. You know, the better part of you know two thirds of the world's top population. Right. Uh, I've got to believe that that's not gonna happen. It, that's saber rattling and posturing, as you say, um, to get people to back off a little bit. And you know, deterrent is a great thing. And um, I, I, re- I really have to believe that. You know, it, it, yeah. If we look up and here it comes, then here it comes. But yeah. Yeah, I, I have better faith in humanity. I really the, do. The balance of terror, you know, the the concept of mutually assured destruction, which uh, <laughs> which many would argue is what you know people who are proponents of nuclear weapons would say that is what has kept the peace, that is what has kept us from going to war well with said. Russia. Is that is that risk? Indeed. But I, you know, I just worry about I worry about things escalating. Where, you know, you know what I'm really glad about actually is that, um, uh, and this would apply to both of us actually, um, we're young enough not to have uh, been here during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Mm -hmm. Because I think of how, just growing up in the 80s, I think of how preoccupied I was with the threat of nuclear war, and I I thought about it a lot. Maybe I was obsessed at one point. I I can't even imagine what it must have been like if I was that same age when the Cuban Missile Crisis was happening, when it really could have... uh, I'm I'm fascinated by, you know, I like history anyway, but to me, anything Cold War related is fascinating Mm -hmm. to me and the most um fascinating historic event to me personally i'll read watch anything i can find on it is the cuban missile crisis yes and i just i think about how you know knowing what my mindset was growing up in the time that i did grow up what i would be thinking i mean i would just be walking around just in a constant state of just terror of course with the idea that at any moment you know because we came Really close. Well, you have to think about in that time, the, the recent history, uh, you know, if it was, you know, this is the, the mid-60s, late-60s, you know, your most recent memory, if you were, a, a, say, our age or a teenager at that time, was Nagasaki and Hiroshima and mm. Pearl Harbor. And that's worth mentioning today, you know, on uh, Pearl Harbor Day. Yeah. And, I, it, and, and let me take a quick left here on Pearl Harbor Day. I really take a heck of a lot of love, and it makes my heart good that— you know, it's only 70 years ago, man, and the Americans and the Japanese have a beautiful relationship. The Americans and the Germans have a pretty decent relationship. Yeah. In only 70 years, that's that really does my heart good, man. Do you know what I'm saying? That it, yeah. It really yeah. is w- where we were, we were going to obliterate you mm-hmm. it, with everything we had at our hands, like, you know, the, the baby blue bomb that we dropped on Nagasaki or uh, Hiroshima, whichever one it was, but we did it twice. And that was horrific, dude. Horrific, man. Like, yeah. it's hard to fathom. And here we are in 2021, a mere 70, 71 years later. And, you know, as soon as the border, you know, as soon as we're able to travel, I can go to Japan and go and shake somebody's hand. And they're not going to talk about, hey, you decimated my grandfather and my grandmother. Right. It's, you know, so what's your culture like? What's, you know, we're almost back to normal. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's some pretty healthy stuff, man.
I'm glad you said that. That's a really good insight. Yeah, that's yeah. You're right. That's uh, that's a very very good point. And even uh, I went to high school in Germany for two years uh, back in the eighties. Uh, I was. Oh, you did? A, yeah, I went uh, at exchange programs. You oh, know, wow. so I, I wasn't there for full years, but I went in, on two exchange programs. Oh. And the the young kids weren't real thrilled about <laughs> German ba- uh, American bases in Germany. Yeah. Any more than I'd be thrilled about having a German base here in Manchester. You know, they weren't thrilled about it. Yeah. But they weren't like you're a bad person. Your dad's a bad person. Things are kind of like normalized and settled, and it gives me a heck of a lot of faith in humanity to be like, you know, we're we're in a different place now, and you know they were doing what they did then, and mm-hmm. the just because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Cause it's morning, and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. I'm Frank, and I'm not a big fan of BJ's Wholesale Club super low gas prices. I don't trust things that low. Started in 92. Big office Christmas party. Come on, join the limbo line. Now I see a chiropractor. So, no, BJ's, I don't want super low gas prices. Okay, then. But if you'd like super low gas prices and a $40 digital BJ's gift card, join the new BJ's Wholesale Club, opening soon in New Albany. Visit BJ's.com slash New Albany or the BJ's Membership Center on North Hamilton Road. Limited time offer, new members only. Um, I think maybe we, we learned something. Uh, our parents, you know, our generation parents learned something, and we've learned something that... We don't want to re- re- revisit that, man. Yeah. We don't. You know, right. it, it didn't bring anybody. I mean, we, we, you know, you can say, well, it knocked out tyranny and fascism. And, you know, that's a whole other conversation. But, you know, the death and destruction is like nobody's interested in revisiting that. We're, right. we're really not. And so the, the saber rattling and the positioning still certainly does have a place. Um, but I, I again, I have faith in humanity such that. You know, somebody's not going to say, well, we're, we're done with you, America. Here goes New York and, right, and right. Boston and Rhode Island. Yeah. I, I, I've got to have faith that that's not going to happen. I worry about accidents that could happen. Like, um, could, because there's been several, there's been several uh, close calls over the years. There's some really interesting, like, I don't know if you know about Operation Able Archer. I do not. During the uh, Reagan administration, there was um, an incident uh, where... Um, the Russians, there's a, there's a couple of really good documentaries about it. Um, the Russians, we were doing war games. This was, I think, maybe 85. And uh, so the U.S. military was was doing war games in terms of, you know, all about how to respond to Russia if, if they do something or if they try to invade us or whatever crazy, mm-hmm. crazy stuff. But this particular set of war games, for whatever reason, because obviously the Russians were watching what we were doing just like we watched what they were doing, Something caused the Russians to get concerned. They, some of the chatter or something was different than previous war games. And for some reason, Russian intelligence started to think that we were up to something, that we were actually planning a first strike on the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. So, um, and apparently they were so, at one point, so convinced that that was what was going on, that they started planning a first strike against us because they thought we were getting ready to hit them. And, and it, it, you know, just out of their imaginations, um, a scenario almost occurred where they launched on us. Um, fortunately it, you know, it didn't happen obviously, or we wouldn't be here, 
But there, there was the other incident too, and I, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, this was this would have been before Reagan, I think. But um, the guy's a, a hero. He celebrated in Russia because he saved the world. He was um, sitting in a missile silo in Russia, and it was his job to watch, you know, what was coming in. And he sees on his screen a missile, an ICBM. It shows a, an ICBM launching from the United States. Oh, you remember? You know this? Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so what he should have done, according to protocol, when he sees that, is, yep, and alert his commanders and say, hey, we got incoming, and, and then, you know, they would fire back at us and whatnot. And it's such an interesting story. He didn't do it. He didn't follow protocol because he, um, he thought, well, that's odd. Why would they be launching one missile? Because if we were going to really launch a first strike against them, we'd be launching a barrage of missiles all at once. Right. Not not one single ICBM. So he thought, this has to be a mistake. This can't be real. This is a something has malfunctioned here. So he didn't so he just sat on it, didn't mm-hmm. alert anybody, didn't launch anything. Uh, a couple minutes later, a second, it shows a second ICBM has been launched. A couple minutes later, a third one, and then I guess that was it. And he didn't do what he was supposed to do, and thank God he didn't, because it because it turned out to be something was causing a malfunction somewhere, and there were no missiles. But that guy saved the world. They ended up uh, they ended up bouncing him from the military because the Russian military was in an odd predicament then, because you've got this guy who, well, on the one hand, he didn't do what he was supposed to do; he was insubordinate, so um, so you have to punish him somehow, right? But on the other hand. He literally saved the world (laughs) through his insubordination, so they couldn't court-martial him. So they ended up just—I think they gave him his pension. And 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 but but that's what gives me faith in human nature. Yeah, it it really does. And having had the opportunity to kind of travel, or at least in Europe, and deal with German people, but even like I mentioned, you know, dealing with uh, the way our relationship is with the Japanese nowadays. Mm There's really no bitterness. I, I mean, there's right. kind of fringe issues everywhere. But oh, yeah. you got to have faith in human nature that, you know, unless you see something coming at you, and a, a radar screen's a little different. So yeah. God bless this guy for having, you know, kind of, a, how do you explain it, like faith or soul or something that, yeah. you know, something might not be right. They, because if they were going to decimate us, decimate us they do that they decimate us yeah yeah and then we decimate them and nobody's better off man right nobody's (laughs) stinking better off and um i think that's what this whole positioning and you know it happens in china in the south china sea that they do war games in the south china sea and nobody likes it we don't like it they don't like it so they do it more and yeah excuse me but it as long as it doesn't come to a a head that you know we're we're taking out cities like happened in Nagasaki and Hiroshima and in Pearl Harbor today, you know, God bless all of our soldiers who gave up their lives for our freedom. Mm. Um, but the people have souls, you know, and people all around the globe, no matter where you are, they have a soul. And obviously this Russian soldier who was obviously put on the spot yeah. and um, God bless him for, you know, having a soul or a, you know, whatever you call it again, an aura to think that. And the critical thinking and, skills. Yeah, critical, yeah, yeah, amen, amen. Yeah, you know, so yeah. if he went to Russian military school or however, yeah. or he was brought up right, you know, who knows what it is. Yeah. Um, I've got to have faith in that at the end of the day. But, you know, uh, 70, 80 years ago, you know, soldiers went into battle and they had faith in all this. And, you know, but you take a bullet in the head or the heart yeah. and 
Um, things have fortunately changed a little bit, but you know, it happened in the Middle East um, with our with our good men and women of um, the military, and you know, it it doesn't always turn out great. But you got to have faith that you know people don't want this, you know. Um, and and as far as policing, what's happening here in the Ukraine on the border of Ukraine, which it is right, Belarus, uh, that area. Yeah. Um, you know, positioning and saying we can do this. This would be like us amassing uh, troops on the border of Mexico. You know, yeah, we could do that. But w- what interest is of that, and what do we gain from that? Um, I don't know. It's Christmas time, man. I, I I'm yeah. blindly <laughs> optimistic. I really am. <laughs> At your uh, your choice of shirt, uh, you look like a candy cane. I do look like a candy cane. <laughs> yeah, I actually, this. Uh, go ahead. You got a call here. We have a call. Bring and it then, on. Uh, after that, we'll get to uh, Billy Painter's uh, new segment, and then we'll come back and do some tweakonomics. But lovely. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Oh, nobody there. All right. Well, very good. Okay. Well, what we'll do is, uh, in that case, we're going to go ahead. We're going to do uh, Billy Painter's got his brand new weekly segment here uh, called "Save the Boar," where he's going to uh, every week he's going to be memorializing uh, one of the. Um, the farmers who was killed in these, um, I don't know, I don't remember if you were here, uh, if, if we discussed it, Mike, the, the farm attacks that go on in South Africa, these farmers who are, uh, you know. Far- I have heard and, about it. I don't know yeah. about it on the show, but I'm aware of it, yes. It's crazy stuff. Yeah, these farmers and their their families and their employees, they get slaughtered by these people who then steal everything, and it's just incredible. And uh, so, you know, Billy and I, we, did a, we had a long conversation on the show about it where he really, because um, I had just heard, dribs and drabs about it over the years but mm-hmm. um it's it's a cause that he he's very passionate about so um so uh every week uh he's going to take a couple of minutes and uh, memorialize one of these farmers who was killed uh so this will be the first one and then uh we're going to come back and well then we're going to show some love to our amazing sponsors so we can pay the bills around here and then we will be back with uh this week's tweakonomics segment with the great mike sutterth but here it is the debut on matt connerton unleashed of the new uh, Billy Painter segment, Save the Boar. I'm Billy Painter, and this is Save the Boar. Since 1994, farm attacks in South Africa have been on the rise. The South African government data indicated between 54 and 74 murders on farms annually from 2015 to 2019, and 48 to 64 from 2010 to 2014. The victims are farmers, family members, and farm workers, both black and white. This week, we focus on Brendan Horner. Brendan Horner was a 21-year-old South African farm manager for the Blaukrein Estate at Paul Rue Free State, who was killed on the 20th of October, 2020, by suspected livestock thieves. His body was recovered at the De Rotes farm outside of Paul Rue, and two suspects were taken into custody. The autopsy indicated strangulation as the cause of death. Horner's death heightened tensions in South Africa's ongoing farm attack situations and the first appearances of the two suspects at Senegal's Magistrates Court was accompanied by protest action by political and civil rights groups. The two men who were arrested for the murder of Horner were found not guilty and discharged on all counts a year later. These crimes continue in South Africa today. Afriform is calling these crimes an act of terrorism. On behalf of Matt Connerton Unleashed, we send our condolences to the friends and family of Brendan Horner. 
to the South African farmers, our prayers are with you. And never forget, in Boer Machenplan. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. We are well in hour number two, Numero Dos of Matt Connerton Unleashed, and we are live from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in glorious downtown Manchester, New Hampshire, also on Comcast 97 if you are in Manchester. And hello to all of our online listeners around the world and across the nation. And you can go to my website, mattconnerton.com, for all of your live streaming options, social media links, contact info, show archives, etc., etc. Today is Tuesday, December 7, 2021, and it is, of course, Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. Uh, Mike Sutterth is here at the news desk. Yes, indeed I am. How are you all doing? Yes, yes. And uh, by the way, was it like really cold out when you came in? I noticed uh, when I was coming in today, it was like got really cold. It's getting chilly, that's for sure. Uh, Yesterday yesterday was so nice. Yeah, it's so nice. New England is weird, man. You know, I told somebody uh, the other day that, you know, there's four seasons in New England. That's uh, why my wife and I stay here. And he said, uh, correction, sir, there's actually eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't tell me what the other four were, but he's absolutely right. Yes, I, I think so. Yes, absolutely. Uh, by the way, I want to remind everybody we are proudly sponsored by the Hopknot. Uh, don't go there today. Monday and Tuesday is their weekend, but they are open Wednesday through Sunday. Uh, they have uh, Thursday nights. They have Trivia Night hosted by the great Bill Sini, who also does trivia on the morning show here. And they've got a lot of things going on there. They're very active in the local community. Uh, and the food is pretty good, too. The delicious gourmet pretzels, the craft beer. Make sure you stop in and enjoy some of that and say hello. Uh, such a wonderful family that owns and operates it. We're very honored and proud uh, to have them as a sponsor. Uh, also, a quick programming note. Tomorrow on the show, I will be joined in studio by Gracie Gatto. And uh, I think she's going to have one or two other people with her who are, have participated in the brand new docu-series and i can't uh i can't say the name uh in full uh, on fm radio uh it is called corrupt as blank and the blank <laughs> starts with an f uh or uh, or i suppose you could say corrupt af which is that's what the young people say now they say af that's right it's acronyms yeah <laughs> yeah acronyms for everything now but uh and in fact you can learn more about it at corrupt as blank movie.com Except when you type it in on your URL, it's not going to be uh, blank. It's going to be the F word. But, uh, yeah, so really looking forward to uh, talking to Gracie about that. And perhaps John Hopwood will be here as well uh, because they're also going on his show the same day. So uh, so we look forward to that. So that will be tomorrow here on the program. Uh, we're going to, uh, in a moment, we're going to do some tweakonomics. If you would like to enter the discussion that we're about to have, you can give us a call at 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007. You can also text me at 617-917-4476. 
tweet me at Matt Connerton or send an email uh, to Matt at MattConnerton.com. And of course, you can interact and opine in the Facebook live chat. But the best thing to do so that we can hear and enjoy your dulcet tones is to call us at 603-250-6007. By the way, I just want to say hello to my father who might be listening. He said, uh, he just texted me and said, great show yesterday, Matt and Jenny. Excellent work. Keep up the good work. Peace and love, Dad. So thank you. He's a big fan of yours. He calls you Dr. Sutter. He does. And I, <laughs> I, I'm really glad. I, he and I have connected on Facebook. And uh, ah, I, good. I've really enjoyed kind of, uh, he always sends me a little comment after I'm on with you guys. Well, he might realize now then that your last name isn't Sutter. It's Sutterth. Sutterth. Yes. yes. <laughs> now that he's seen it in print. But the prefix is doctor, according to him. According I, I to like him. Hey, yeah. You know what? Are, hey, well, you know, you could be an honorary uh, doctor. Uh, they, like Bill they, Cosby. There you go. But wait, that's I, was, uh, I shouldn't have said that. I was thinking of that, too. And then I resisted uh, using that as an example. That might not be the best, uh, you know. <laughs> if the last thing you see is my fuzzy face, that's not a good thing. <laughs> that's not a good thing. All right. Very good. Well, uh, shall we? Uh, I can go ahead and hit your music if you're ready for some tweakonomics. Pull the trigger. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Mike Sutterth, and I am blessed to have this segment on Matt Connerton Unleashed. My name is Mike Sutterth again, and the segment is called Tweakonomics. What I try to do is explain a little bit of stuff about economics and um, do it with a little spin of fun. I try to stay away from politics, but it's darn near impossible, isn't it? It is. It is. <laughs> it's darn near impossible. And I love dancing the line. I, I feel like I'm a flying Wallendo when I, I come in here and I talk to you guys about stuff that drives economics and like I like to talk about it. But inevitably, we fall into this cradle of, well, okay, so who's driving this? And that's why I like when people call in and kind of push me back and um, push me around. And I, I don't want to do that. I just, I, it, you know, it's like fishing. You know, I, I put out the, the worm out there and Watch the bobber grow up and down, and um, we'll see what we pull out. Could be a, a rusty old uh, hubcap or a boot or a fish. We'll see. Oh, my Uncle Jimmy took me fishing once when I was a kid. I was never so bored in my life. Mm. I hated yeah. it. Yeah, I'm not a fisherman, man. Yeah, just sitting there waiting for something to happen. I mean, I groove on the saltwater fishing. Like when I was, you know, down in the saltwater flats in Key West and whatnot, like I enjoy that just being on a boat. But yeah. You know, going to a pond and kind of sitting there as an older person, when I was a kid, you know, it was exciting because you thought something was going to happen. And in my case, it never really happened. But, <laughs> um, but it, it's cool to go out saltwater fishing. But um, we are not trolling and we're not fishing here, but I do try to stir the pot a little bit for you guys. And um, if you would call in and you want to hassle me, you're more than welcome <laughs> to. And Maddie's giving you the number. So let's go right out of the gate here. So my first point on, uh, I, I was out last week, <clears throat> and excuse my voice, I was sick as a dog, was not COVID. It was the common cold. I uh, ran into a friend of mine's little girl who was sick as a dog. And oh. of course, you put her, put her on your lap and say, oh, you poor thing, you're, you're sick. Um, and I caught the stuff. I'm not a young man anymore, so... I, I was down and out last week, and I'm sorry I missed the segment. But oh, that's I, okay. I think I called in, and y'all heard my voice. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, I was not in good shape. Man. You you could have pretended to be someone else, and I never would have guessed it was you. It's, that, so that's it, how different you sounded. It, it, it's funny, like you know, I tell people who I work with, like, uh, you know, I missed this because I was sick, and they're like, "Hey, we can all call in and pretend we're sick." <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I'm like, no, I was definitely sick, and I'm not going to go on. And I didn't feel good, and my voice didn't sound good, and. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Well, play, playing a show in a cold barn probably didn't do your throat any good. <laughs> no, and shout out to Mr. Rob Acevedo up at Pembroke City Limits. Yeah. I had a, it was worth it. I'm sorry yeah. I missed your show on Tuesday, but it was it was worth it, man. What a show, what a show, what a show. 
And I got my two daughters, who I don't see often enough, uh, came to see me play. And oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was really cool. My oh, daughter wow. was up from West Virginia University, and she got to see me. And my daughter, Sophia, from the Seacoast was here, and uh, they hung out and entertained me. And um, Oh, very good. Yeah, to be validated by your children as a musician, like, to me, is a good thing, you know? Yeah. And they were never really turned on, like, oh, daddy's a finance manager or whatever. Like, they're like, <laughs> yeah, whatever, dude. Right. Just keep the lights on and pay the cable bill, you know? Right, right. Get me a new cell phone. Uh, but to be validated as a musician was a really, really cool thing. And, oh, wow. That's uh, they, nice. they, they said they had a lot of fun, and um, that, that was really cool. And it was good to see Liam Spain and Rob and his wife, Julie, who I'd never met before. They, they, oh. What cool people. Yeah. What a cool scene. I'm looking forward to going back when it's not 27 degrees. Yeah, um, apparently, yeah. It's I, I, Rob told me it's on ice uh, for the winter, uh, pun fully intended. But then uh, in, in springtime, it's going to open yeah, it, back it, up. It was yeah. bloody cold, man. It, yeah. was, it was bloody cold. And, <laughs> I, I brought a very small heater, and my daughters and her friends ended up gathering around that. And um, but uh, it, it was a great time, and what a beautiful venue! So in the springtime yeah. and the summertime, uh, I'll invite you all to come up there and see me. Definitely. So here, here we dive right into economics, ladies and gentlemen. Here's uh, so my quips and quotes uh, for the evening are: casual clothing sales have spiked. You know why? Because people are going back to work, but oh. we're not so much in the. You know, in my case, it was neckties and. Mm suits and whatnot for at least what I had to do, but stuff like leggings for women and um, slides and Crocs and things like this, the sales are actually rising. Huh. And what they're attributing it to is people are going back to work, but they're allowed to be in a casual environment, right? Yeah. And, and that's a good thing. Number one, people going back to work, uh, number one, but getting back out of the house and, go, and going into uh, a business environment. But you say like, I know in my wife's case, like, what is she going to wear? So she wears leggings and a flowy top, she calls it. Yeah. Which is a loose-fitting top or whatever. But she she shops online and, you know, she's getting, I have to go back to work. I'm going to buy some new stuff. You know, in my case, I'm like, I want to buy a new pair of dark blue jeans and <laughs> skinny jeans, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not bell bottoms. They're not back yet. But, uh, it was <laughs> they real, will be. They, they will be. They yeah, always it, do. It, yeah, everything, <laughs> around and around we go, yeah. my friend. Yep. But it was really cool to see that some, uh, you know, economic-wise, which is what I try to keep my nose to the stone on, is uh, the sales are actually rising uh, on clothing sales. Yeah. And it's because people are getting back to work and we're not wearing jammies anymore. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> so we're not wearing our SpongeBob jammies to work. But stuff like Croc Crocs in particular are really raising. Huh. Um, and, and a lot of that is because young kids are, are catching on to that. It's vintage to them. Yeah. Matt, which is weird, right? It's too bad. They're terribly, <laughs> terribly <laughs> ugly. It, it keeps the girls and the boys away from each other. Yeah, no kidding. Huh? You, yeah, know, yeah. you and I were like, you know, we had to get a pair of Nike Cortez or something, yeah. you know, or Air, Air Jordans to try to like be popular. And now they're like, let's get the ugliest footwear oh, we can find. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. But but that was really cool. Just a statistic I wanted to tell to you all. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that was really cool. Um, number two, shameless marketing plug. We don't have music for this, do we? Shameless marketing no, plug is... That's, that's a good idea, though. Yeah, you you think about that. That's yeah, your job. Yeah, yeah. Shameless marketing <laughs> plug is where I... You know, we have uh, the folks like Mike at uh, Queen City Cabinetry. God bless Kenny and his cab, uh, his uh, family over at the Hopknot. They have cabinets there. Yeah, they have cabinets full of beer and pretzels. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I thought this would be a good idea when I started this darn thing that, um, you know, maybe folks listen and... Um, you know, sponsors are a very important part of WMNH. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I like to throw uh, folks out there, and I, I've mentioned people if and when you ever listen to my segment. Um, but I got to tell you, I was down at the Tuscan Kitchen in Salem, New Hampshire. Now, the Tuscan Kitchen 
um, and the Tuck, Tuscan Marketplace is what it was called um, that I went to. These guys have some stuff that you cannot find in America anymore. Mm. They had the salumi and the cheese and the, the cream sauces. And, you know, I'm a little culinary nerd sometimes. Huh. But they had some incredible stuff. They're located down in Salem, New Hampshire, right off of exit uh, one. The new complex is right off of exit one near the old Rockingham Park restaurant. Oh, okay. Um, but it was a beautiful place. And it was one of these things that I walked into. You know, they had Santa out there and the horse-drawn carriage for Christmas and blah, blah, blah. But when I went into the actual storefront there that they had, my gosh, I, I, I was blown away. And um, I just thought I'd give a shout-out to them. If you guys ever want to take a drive down to Exit 1, the old uh, the Rockingham Park Mall, uh, that complex, you'll certainly see it there. And they've got some fantastic food um, to be able to buy. You know, you can go to local places here and get a charcuterie board and things like that that I'm a big fan of. But boy, howdy, th these guys had a fantastic, somebody spent an awful lot of money. Huh. Uh, and I was really taken and, you know, shocked that I, I thought I was uh, in another country, <laughs> that uh, the, the foreign stuff, or maybe they're making it there locally, but it is beautiful, man. And the food was beautiful. So I want to give a shout out to the Tuscan Kitchen and the Tuscan Marketplace down in Salem, New Hampshire. And uh, if y'all are so inclined, uh, throw some bucks your way. Very nice. Our way. Excuse me. What's next? Hey, let's get into some technological stuff, shall we? Um, so we all know there's chip shortages, right? You yeah. all, we've talked about um, how there are F-150s parked in Kentucky in a football stadium waiting for a chip. Mm -hmm. um, there is good news. I, I always love good economic news. And some good economic news is Apple and Google are starting to develop their own chips. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, we're, we're not on the hook with somebody from China. That's, we're not on the hook from Intel. That Apple and the new generation of iPhones, they're developing their own chips. Google phones actually have their own chips now. So they're huh. not on the hook. Yeah, it, it's it's brilliant news, man. I, I'm really, well, really happy that they've taken this, the time <laughs> to, to, to develop their own chips. Um, Intel is starting to lose some market share. They're still the number one player. Mm. Um, and, and I think as far as gaming and video gaming and um, you know video chips, or I think that's what they call them. Um, are, are really on the hot spot, but let's take this one. Yeah. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Hey, Matt. It's Mike Doyle. Hey, Mike Doyle. How are you? Good. How's it going? Very well. Very well. Good. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. How are you, sir? Good. Good. Hey, I had a quick question. I was listening. I was coming home, and I was listening to your. You started talking about Russia a little bit, and I was. One, I just wanted to hear your opinion because I. You seem to have a very common sense laid back um reasoning to things and so i was wondering your opinion on uh i heard you say that russia has its act together and and one of the first things you mentioned was they're they're energy independent and i was wondering your thoughts on the u.s on when biden took over and kind of changing that theory of us going from energy independent and and actually being an exporter of natural gas and, and energy to now having to look for it and buy it um, from foreign sources. And what your, what your take is overall, what, what, you know, what that means or what that, why would you do that? I guess is the question, you know, by the way, and by the way, just to tag that uh, the Saudis just uh, announced they're, they're uh, raising their uh, prices. Or, or, yeah. or I think or OPEC, cutting right? production. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my, my, my theory being, you know, when you, when you, when you, 
when you take over a job like as a president, you know, and you, you, you say, listen, I got like 10 big things on my plate, right? I got the, I got energy. I got the border. I got inflation. I got Middle East conflicts. I've got, you know, you got a list of the major things you got to deal with. Um, why would you like something like the border? It seemed to be doing pretty good with the wall going up and we're getting some kind of semblance of, and day one, you know, stops the border. And the same with the energy independent. We were energy independent. The prices were fairly moderate in the in the dollar eighty range. We were exporting oil and things. And day one, sign a sign a thing that says, uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're not gonna do that anymore. And I don't know why people would not take the things that are working and kind of run with them, and then and fix the things that aren't working that in your mind, you know. So I was just wondering Mike's take on the energy the energy part of it. So okay. I, I appreciate I appreciate the uh, opinion you're asking for me is an opinion because I certainly yeah, uh, I'm all. in no position. Just your to, thoughts on it. Just your yes, thoughts. Yes, sir. On I, I'm happy to give it to you. And again, I feel like the flying Wallendas here walking a, a <laughs> tightrope because it gets right into political stuff. Um, but I'm happy to give my go at it here. And and what you're talking about, you know, what what they did things for Santa. That's an executive order. They killed things like the Keystone Pipeline and things like this. Um, the just because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Cause it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. Change your vehicle's oil before your summer road trip and save money now with Pennzoil and O'Reilly Auto Parts. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic for just $22.95 after mail-in rebate. Save money and protect your engine against sludge and wear with the synthetic oil change. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today or O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, my opinion is I, I don't agree with that. Um, I think I think it hurt us uh, from being energy independent to being energy dependent. But, you know, this administration, we're um, America is divided between, um, you know, the Republican and Democrats. And it's a bummer. It, it, that's a whole other conversation. But, you know, Mr. Uh, President Biden is surrounded by people who say we need to get rid of this day one. And I think it's for political reasons, and that's why I dread the political stuff. I really do, man. Um, but to be fair, you know, there's Texas crude oil, and now we're dependent on OPEC oil. Um, when we've got Texas crude oil, and we've got, um, you know, Alaskan sea oil, uh, we've got uh, natural gas out in the the Western Badlands and stuff like that. My opinion is it's a it's a bummer that it's been removed, but. You know, this all comes down to opinion, and opinion is very much different. It should be from policy and what's actually moved forward. Um, and I, th- I think President Biden was affected by folks around him uh, to get affected by their opinions that just out of principle, it shouldn't happen. Um, obviously, the prices of, uh, of gasoline and natural gas were much cheaper under the last administration. I'm not, you know, I'm not jumping to give them straight credit for it 
But as far as policy, I thought there was a better policy. Um, people talk about jobs, the jobs that were created by it. That's a good thing, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, you know, opinion-wise, I, I think I think we were better off in the previous administration. But you know, it's not to say there's not wiggle room. We're not even into the end of year one here, are we? With, with the Biden administration, correct. Correct. We're not even into year one. Yeah. So there's a heck of a lot. Of, there's three and you know three years left of wiggle room here to have people try to change his mind. There's con- there's two houses of Congress, and I believe in the Constitution that you know there's checks and balances that stuff might change. You know, every president comes in and does these executive orders. And I, opinion-wise, I absolutely do not get uh, agree with the executive orders that are done. But you know what? Donald Trump's first day in office, he did a bunch of executive orders that changed. Oh, every stuff. president it, does, and, yeah. and, and the next one will, whoever it's yeah. going to be, you know? It could be Mickey Mouse. It increases know? with every presidency. Yeah, it yeah. does. And that's unfortunate. I, I mean, I'm not skilled enough political science-wise to analyze it, but you're asking my opinion. I don't agree with the opinion that it was kind of the rug was pulled out for underneath us. I think it was for emotional means. I think it was, you know, we don't like the way you think, so we're going to take this away. But they've got three years yeah. here left to say, hey, maybe maybe we'll figure it out and, and do something different. Um, and I'd like to believe that the the administration and the people around him should are smart enough or should be smart enough to say, okay, so what are our, our what are our options here now um, to look internally here to the U.S. to to do this stuff, but the darn stuff has been so yeah. politicized, man. Oh, I, I would say this is there's not going to be any kind of a, uh, if you're looking for a course correction, it's not going to happen because he's under a lot of pressure. If anything, he's under a lot of pressure to address climate change, Amen. which, which I think should be addressed. I mean, I, I, you know, I think, uh, T remember T T Boone Pickens. I don't know whatever happened to that guy, oh, yeah. but I think he had it yeah, right. Yeah. I, I think, you know, he wanted to do really kind of a two track, type of thing where, you know, we continue to expand our own energy independence while at the same time trying to transfer over to green energy and renewable energy. Um, but but to, to try to do it in a smart way that doesn't, uh, so we're not killing ourselves economically in the process of it. But the problem is it's, it's really hard to do anything like that when you've got uh, such a polarized two-party system. But um, but Biden is under a lot of pressure to, um, you know, to really address climate change. I'm someone who's deeply concerned about climate change myself. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I wish we had, uh, you know, if we had more clean energy and renewable energy already in place, then we wouldn't need the oil as much. So, you know, but um, but I guess we have to deal with. with, But like but like you just said, with in in that that Pickens guy, a lot of people call him a nut. But just how you just explained him that doesn't that sound reasonable? Doesn't that just sound like let's let's we got to address climate, right? But let's not shoot. But let's not shoot ourselves in the foot, right? And take oil out of the picture because you know there's so much stuff that comes out of oil, like plastics and mm-hmm. and you know car parts and you know, mm-hmm. things to run econ- you know run the economy like trucking and yeah. so many things. But to go from one extreme to the other and not stop in the middle like this guy, like you were just saying, and say. Let's do both. Let's let's stay energy independent, so we don't mm-hmm. have to rely on anybody else. But let's address climate here. Let's figure out how we can do it cleaner. Let's how can we how can we let's let's take a bite out of the pie here to mm-hmm. make it better. And um, you know, to, and to go to from one extreme to the other is is just uh, I don't know, just seems crazy to me. But unfortunately, that's that's politics. 
that's politics. And yeah, it's a good, I mean, the debate and the conversation and maybe the problem we're having right now will result in something good because, you know, if we're going to bark at folks about um, emissions and carbon footprint and all this jazz, um, just by volume, you know, India and China, I think most people know are the ones who have as much as the United States, if not more. Um, but they refuse to come to the table at these at these climates. I won't say they refuse. I don't know that for a fact. But, you know, they don't participate. And I don't believe that their population has the same, you know, I can drive by in my beautiful home in the North End and there's folks in a big, beautiful home who have climate action now signs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that, that that's a good thing. But, you know, what what's happened with this changes in administration, you went from $2 to 350 well, uh, for gasoline. And, and, okay, so I'll buy a Tesla, but you know how energy is made, at least in this part of the country, is coal, you know, and certainly in the, uh, along the eastern seaboard is made in coal. And that until that's either reduced or eliminated, our carbon footprint's pretty much the darn same. So you can feel good about driving your Prius and your Tesla and all this, but when you go to put the electric into it, it's still coming from a carbon fuel. And, you know, I'm not yeah. saying that's a, you know, I'm not saying if you buy a Tesla or a Prius that, that that's a bad thing. It's not, but um, that's kind of short-term, well, short-term feel-good stuff. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. One, one last point I'd just like to make is when you brought up the, uh, the, 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 the Paris uh, Climate Agreement, is, is that was, was, was Trump was saying it was simply China under that agreement is still considered a um, developing nation. And they do 20% of the world, according to the statistics, they do 20% of the pollution. And we do 10%. And then there's a whole list of all the other countries that make up the other 70. But we are the two largest. India is right there somewhere. And Trump is saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. China has, does more pollution than we do but they have less restrictions than we do under this agreement. Yes. So how can that be? And so he was saying, until you, until we have the same restrictions as them, we're out. And, you know, and then that got taken into, you know, you go to all these states and you go, he got out of the Paris climate agreement. He doesn't care about, he doesn't care about, um, you know, the trees and the water. And, uh, you know, some people can make an argument that under him, you know, we had some of the cleanest, um, some of the cleanest things, but, but that was all he was doing in that agreement. He just wanted fair, you know, and he wanted China to come to the table and uh, they, they did want to. Well, but I think there's also something to be said for the United States being leaders on this kind of thing. And I, I would like to think that the United States is smart enough and innovative enough that we can, you know, I mean, not everyone's going to necessarily abide by the same things that we do. I mean, Jesus, I mean, we had uh, we've had missile treaties with the Russians where, you know, they haven't uh, abided by uh, everything that they necessarily should have. But, you know, sometimes you have to you have to be the leader and say, well, we're going to do this. And hopefully everyone else who's a part of this is also going to do their part. But even if they're not, we're still going to lead and do our part because. You know, it's worth saving the planet. I guess what I'm saying is if if things have to be a little out of balance and unfair at times, well, if we're trying to save the planet, it's still worth it. Maybe, you know, maybe we we gotta give a little Yeah. I'm not yeah, saying it's yeah, not it's I not it. it's not fair, but but there is yeah. a but there is a broader thing that uh, we need to consider. And the leadership yeah, thing but a lot of those he was, was the the theory was Matt, he was trying to bring he was trying to lower taxes to bring manufacturing back here, which you did. And all those restrictions had to do with manufacturing. You know what I mean? So he was saying, give me, give me the same. I'm trying to, 
get manufacturing back here, but I have these restrictions and China doesn't and they, and their manufacturing base. And so that's not fair. You know, he's why do I have more restrictions and we, and they don't. Yeah. But anyways, and as far as that chess game yeah. goes, I, if you want my opinion, I certainly agree with that. The chess game that Trump played, uh, you know, diplomacy-wise or international trade-wise, that he held their feet to the fire. That like, you know, hey, I want the same, I want the same, uh, you know, offer that that we're giving you. And they got into a tariff war and all this other stuff. That's not a bad thing, man. It, it's, Don't it, the tariffs just hurt us though? Because we end up paying more for those goods that are imported from China? Well, yeah, and here you go with the chip thing, right? Um, yeah, it does. But does that in the short term help our long-term situation? You know, this is, uh, this is where you get into economic modeling that, like, if, if, we, if we restrict them, uh, and we're about to see this play out uh, if Biden does what he said he's going to do with, with Russia, you know, I'm going to strangle you economically so that you don't do this. Um, that's short term, maybe well, negative for a long term gain. Well, it never uh, works. Do you think so? Well, I, I don't well, know. Well, it I, never works. With I mean, we've been we've been economically strangling them for at least a decade, and we just keep doing more and more and more. And it never it, it we have completely failed at altering Putin's behavior at all. You know uh, what I mean? Like the, the sanctions, they never seem to have any actual effect. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. But yeah. you know, you, the opinions yeah. are of at least in my well, opinions. Go ahead, sir. <laughs> yeah, good, good conversation. It's just, it's just, it's just, you know, Matt, you had it right, or Pickens had it right, that we all, nobody doesn't want clean air and clean water for our kids in the future, you know. But it's just how we get there, I guess, is is the question. Do we jump completely into one bucket and just say, here we are, we're here now, screw oil and screw everything else, and and or do we just try to find that, you know, that slow curve up to up to making everybody happy and and still, you know, keeping oil at a reasonable price and so on and so forth. So, yeah. Or maybe, uh, or hey, maybe. Good, good. Oh, go ahead. Okay. No, no I'm sorry. I was just no. going to say good conversation. Okay. No, I was just going to say, or maybe even a fast curve that makes everybody happy. Cause, uh, yeah, either either one, any any will work. Because from what the scientists tell us, the clock is definitely ticking. <laughs> sure, sure. But uh, yeah, nope. All right, sure. uh, Look at the look at look at the floods in Africa. Look at the floods floods in Africa. Mm-hmm. I was watching a special on that last night. It's crazy. It is. It so, is. Yeah, things but, are. Uh, hey, things good are conversation, and it's always a good segment with Mike. So. Thank you so much, man. I Glad appreciate that. Absolutely. All right, Mike. Thank you so much for the call. Cheers, buddy. Right, we'll see you. All right, take care. Bye bye. All right, the great Mike Doyle. Wow, he brought me deep there, man. He did. He did. He gets deep, you know, with the, um, again, you know, when we talk about economics, it always, you know, we get sucked into the political thing and, and how that uh, affects stuff. And it's what I find really entertaining, and I feel blessed to be on with you guys. Oh, well, thank you. Well, very good. Um, by the way, so what is all that on the desk there? You got... Uh... So, Mike, I have many side hobbies. As you know, oh. I'm, a, I'm a musician, and um, I... Um, have a, a history with the Grateful Dead, and I follow a bunch of bands, and so these are all stickers, Matt. And I have the uh, the grace of if you look up on the, you know, if you tune on to Peter White in the morning show, and he has folks on the couch here, the better part of the stickers up here are mine. Oh, really? <laughs> well, a, a lot of them are. Oh. I mean, obviously, a lot of people have put stickers up there, but yes. I, I'm a big sticker fan, and uh, my my wife hates it. You know that. <laughs> you know, I, I have a couple of glasses of wine and. You know, I, I go onto my phone at night while she's watching Hallmark, and I go upstairs to watch hockey or whatever, and I look at my phone, and it says, oh, uh, 
25 stickers for $9. I'm like, I'm losing money not doing this. And they're like, so what design would you like? So I, uh, you know, I come up with a design to make some stickers. Oh, all right. Well, very good. We have a call. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? How you doing, Matt? Um, Mr. Sutter? I've got a question for you. First of all, I agree with uh, Mike Doyle. Fantastic conversation. I couldn't even, I'm not even on the same level as you guys, oh, but my stop. ears are tuned wide open and uh, I'm just a glutton for knowledge. But tell me, do you know, I heard something on the radio today as I was driving and I was preoccupied, so I, I didn't get it in my head. But the government wants automakers by the year of 2035 to do something. And I can't remember right now as we're speaking what that something was. But when I heard it on the radio, I said to myself, wow, that is uh, you know, almost impossible to achieve. Do you remember? Did you, does it ring a bell to you guys? I don't, I don't know exactly. I know that there's um, there's always things, not not just the federal government, but individual states. For example, California has been really um, uh, been been, you know, really kind of ahead of everybody on it. But um, things to increase fuel efficiency so that the cars pollute less. And um, but but 2035, maybe everybody's going to be driving electric cars by that point. Maybe is could that have been it? Do you know, mm. Mike? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I was I. I was hoping uh, it would ring a bell and you could, you know, you could answer that question. I'll, I'll have to, um, I don't know, I'll have to uh, concentrate and remember what it was that I heard because yeah. when I did hear it, I said, "Wow, that's a, that's a lot to ask." I, I uh, twenty thirty five though is, is uh, I mean, that's almost a decade and a half away. I bet whatever it is, I bet it's possible. I bet it's possible with American innovation, and uh, I believe in all that. Hmm. Call me a sap. I believe it, too. Let me leave you with this, sir. My last name is S-U-D-D-E-R-T-H. So don't forget the th on the end. The th. Did I, am I pronouncing you wrong, your name wrong? No, you got the S-U-D-D-E-R, right? <laughs> it's the T-H on the end. Sutter. So say it, so say it as a whole. Sutter. 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 Okay, Doug. Very good. Thank you. Yeah, no, no, it's no problem. <laughs> but, right. you know, the one thing we have to remember, and I think I, I mentioned the point earlier, is when we do have electric cars, where the electricity comes from, we have to move our brains to that second step. Where does the electricity come from? Is it is it nuclear? Is it wind power? Is it solar? Um, I think at the moment the better part of it is still coal. It's carbon. Mm. So, again, just because you drive a Prius or something um, – I, I swear the Russians are listening to me, man. <laughs> they, 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 they might be. They might be. But it's, yeah. it's important to take your brain like just the next step. And um, I have. Oh, I think, I, uh, by the way, somebody in the chat might have the answer. All right, Ron, thank you so much for the call, my friend. Thank you. No, thank you, guys. All right. Cheers, have John. a nice night. Bye-bye. All right, that was our friend Ron. I think somebody else is uh, calling. But Mike Pelopita in the chat says, uh, I think it's a done deal. Kill switch on all vehicles that will disable them that can sense your alcohol level through the steering wheel and through sensors placed inside the car. I have heard that. Oh, no kidding. Maybe yeah. that's what... Uh, the, or this is what they're proposing or they're chatting about. Absolutely. Interesting. That, um, which, you know, I can't say it's a bad thing. Uh, thank God it didn't happen in the late 80s when I was driving. Um, yeah. <laughs> when I probably shouldn't have. But I have heard that. By the way, Tom Blanchard, and I've always heard these stories... Tom Blanchard in the chat says, Matt, years ago, a man invented a heater that heated his house without using fossil fuel, and the oil company bought the patent and never used it. I've always heard stories like that. 
Or, uh, or, Why wouldn't you? Or, or, or somebody invents a battery that lasts forever, a car battery. Yep. And then one of the car or one of the ba- battery manufacturers buys the patent. And they don't cash and, out and move to Boca. No, like, because <laughs> you know, because they just want to squash it. So you have to keep buying the buying the stuff. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Matt, that was it. This is Ron. Uh, your caller answered me, and um, oh. thank God because that was. That was in my the back of my head, killing me. So thank you. Oh, so that is what it was. Okay, very good. All right, thanks, Ron. Oh, so that's what it was about the uh, the alcohol. Interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very interesting. Huh. I can't. You know, as an older guy, I can't I can't say that that's not a bad idea. But yeah. Um. It, it, you know, it'll keep a heck of a lot of people safe, right? You know. Yeah. You, you yeah. hop in. You go have a couple of pops at the Rover. Yep. Watch the Patriots, and you hop in and try to turn on the car. And yep, exactly. Uh, we have a call. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Uh, I forget my name now. I gotta get some ginkgo biloba out here. No, I'm just kidding. I'll be very brief, Matt. I know it's, it's late. I'm just calling between meetings. Yes, yes. Uh, I just wanted to say uh, publicly um, that I'm still on the right. <laughs> All right, that's a little joke there. Yeah. No, I wanted to say that um, your show. Uh, I did listen to most of the show yesterday oh. after work, and it was great. You, you did a great job, and the sensitivity with your game someone like that i don't know the gentleman but i it's interesting because when i was in graduate school uh, dr norman goroff was one of my mentors i have to i won't talk about it now but sometime we'll have to talk about that but yeah. he really changed my life it's mm. interesting how certain personalities come along certain people with their personalities and their values and really alter your life in a positive way isn't that amazing it is, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if you know, Mike, but so, uh, uh, Norman Moody passed away over the weekend, and I was talking yesterday yeah. on the show about how Norm really uh, was a, a big influence on my life. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, thank and, you. And that, that's important, yeah. you know, to have mentors. Absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, mentors. And, and you know, we have to deal with loss. In the sanctuary movement, which I've become a part of, I won't go into all of that, but it's it, that's a system that helps people with trauma particularly teenagers, and we use what we call a self-acronym model that stands for safety, This the S, the E stands for emotional management and intelligence, awareness. The L stands for loss, because we all suffer so much loss in life. And yeah. um, the F stands for, F you, buddy, I'm not just kidding. <laughs> it stands for future. You know, we all Hello? have a future <laughs> as long as we're still breathing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I thought I'd add a little humor there, but so um, I won't. I'm, I don't want to interrupt the presentation. Oh, and my and I did see through um, the uh, what do they call it Facebook, which I remain ambivalent about, but it's not a story. <laughs> um, you guys did a good analysis of Facebook though yesterday. It was funny too. Oh, but anyway, yeah. so um, I did see um, uh, Mike, Doctor Mike, uh, through that, and I know that uh, Texas Mike. What a wrestler that guy is. Yes. Texas Mike, um, champion forever now, um, helped with that so that I could see it. So I don't know if Mike's going to get on the seacoast at some point, but if you do come down to the seacoast, Mike, you know, like a Dover or Portsmouth, you've played down here, Maddie, in your bands. Yes. I'd love to come out and see you. Oh, there you I, go. I will be working hard here over the winter months to get myself out there. Um, I just got an offer okay. from uh, Myrtle Beach, so I need oh, to wow. get myself uh, up wow. there. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm working on it. I, I, I've been taken a task by my uh, management yeah. team, which uh, that's sure. my wife. So <laughs> <laughs> I've been taken a task by the, the management team to really start booking gigs. I, you know, I've I've lost a residency or two, and 
Uh, I'll be back at it. Sure. And I'll be sure. I'll be sure to look uh, at the Seacoast. You know, maybe you'll catch me at the Purple Urchin out there in Hampton oh, or something. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd love to, uh, Mike. There are some nice venues uh, out here. All right. I'll let you guys go. Thanks for all you're doing, Matt. Great job. All, all the best, sir. All right, Appreciate Dad. you, Mike, too. Thank all you, right. sir. All right. I love you. Thanks for the call. L- love you, Matt. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. That is my father, uh, Mr. Connerton. He's really kind to me online, dude. He, he, oh, he, yeah. In fact, he had sent me pretty much what he just said. He's like, hey, if you ever get out to the seacoast, I can promise you a person or two. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but, uh, oh, yeah. I, I'm settled now with trying to book my uh, spring and summer season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, well, wow, we're almost out of time. Ouch. What, was there anything you wanted to, to mention that we didn't get to? Yeah, what, what are we down here? Like five minutes, two minutes, three uh, minutes? Yeah, about about. Three or, three or four minutes. Three or four. Let me give you all a stock tip. I, I am not a fiduciary, and I am not qualified to give you financial advice in any way, shape, or form. But I wanted to give you some information about, we were talking about uh, chips earlier, right? Yes. Um, and how, you know, uh, they were all pr- being produced overseas, and it's messed up the supply chain and whatnot. I wanted to give you a, a name of a company. It's actually out of Bill Ricca, Massachusetts, called Integris, E-N-T. G-R-I-S, Integris, out of Billerica, Massachusetts. These guys make products that are involved in the chip-making process. They make the trays that move the stuff along. They use, uh, in, like, environmentally clean-up stuff that is a result of making chips. Okay. Um, and it to me, and again, I, I'm not going to tell you guys how to spend your money or, you know, don't invest money you can't afford to lose. Um, but I was really turned on by this. So, so they're down in Billerica. They have 21... 21,000 different products that are related to the chip-making industry. And they're right here in New England, huh. man. So, and and they're, they're really surging, man. They, they've got, and as we, as Americans, wake up, I think, as American companies wake up, that we don't want them made in Taiwan or China or wherever, anywhere overseas. You know, yeah. It could be Germany. Being made here in America, and they're making products. So I was, I just thought it was a really cool thing. And I did get the tip from somebody else. Um, and again, I am not qualified to give you guys uh, stock information on anything, but yeah. um, that these guys are based in Massachusetts and are making products and uh, their revenue, uh, which is some economic boring stuff that I don't want to talk about, is really, really up. Mm. Um, so if you guys want to, you know, look at, th- you got a couple of bucks laying around, look at Integris. Uh, they're on the uh, New York Stock Exchange which over the last few days, you know, people poop on the president all the time here because things are tanking. The, the last couple of days, of course, the previous couple of weeks, or things had gone into the gutter, but uh, the, the markets are really, really up. And these are one of these companies, Integris is one of these companies that is really, really rising. And I think they're positioned super well, where we're all talking about, we're worrying about chips. My F-150 is stuck in Kentucky and it doesn't mm. have, a, it doesn't have a, a phone chip or whatever it is in the thing. That we've got a company here locally uh, in New England, uh, Integris, that I'm really jazzed about it. And, uh, you know, I'm blindly optimistic, as always, about this stuff. But I just wanted to throw that out there for you guys. Um, hey, a quick question. And uh, before we uh, we are almost out of time, but um, I, I I know very little about the stock market other than, you know, what they say on the news about the market's up, the market's down, et cetera. But is, is my perception correct that right now, and probably for a long time now, but um, but these days, especially the markets are are very very much affected in real time by whatever the vibe is of the news about COVID nineteen on a day to day basis. Like now, 
You know, like if like the markets are up when when the epidemiologists are saying, well, it looks like Omicron might be not bad, but then the markets are down. If I, if it's a day where like, wow, this thing is really spreading, this is bad. I mean, is, is that having a really big effect on the markets right now? Absolutely. And the thing to keep in mind is the word volatile, right? Mm, yeah. It's, it's volatile as the devil. And that's why I say or tried to make the point that, you know, two weeks ago we were tanking. When Omicron came out, boom, down 500 points on the Dow Jones. Yep. Um, the NASDAQ was down like, it was only like 1.2% 1, 1. on one of these days that I was watching. Doesn't sound like a lot. It actually is a lot, depending on yeah. where, where you're vested in. Yeah. Um, but then you know what? Here, here we are a week later, and things are shooting up 500. percent Yeah. So the you know, uh, my only advice to folks is when you hear things like in mainstream media that like doom and gloom, we dropped 500 points today. Hold your. It's like weather in New England, man. Yeah. It yeah. really is. Like yeah. hold your breath. But to your point, Matt, absolutely, it does get affected because when the Omicron came thing out. Uh, thing came out that and it turns out you know it's not as dreadful as maybe it was made to be sounded that hopefully yeah ho hopefully yeah hopefully yeah. and you know this is a whole nother conversation but it, the markets were absolutely affected yeah but within five business days we bounce back yeah and if we don't bounce back to the zero that we were before we're above so you know you really have to temper it's um you know, like when your girlfriend gets mad at you, really, really mad on Saturday night because you made a mistake. <laughs> you know, on Monday morning, you're back to zero. So try to think of it that way. Okay. I, I don't know if that's a good, I don't know if that's a good translation, <laughs> we'll, but. We'll, we'll take it. We'll take okay. it. All right. All, right. Cool. All right. We are out of time. Mike Sutter, thank you so much. My pleasure, sir. Absolutely. And thank you to Billy Painter for the wonderful new segment, Save the Boar, which we'll be doing every Tuesday as well. That was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Really cool. He does. He does a great job. And uh, thank you to all the callers. And if you missed any part of today's show, it'll be up in just a little bit at WMNHradio.org and at MattConnerton.com. Racy Gatto will be here tomorrow. Talk to y'all a little bit later. Bye, everybody. Ciao. Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. The Just Because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required.